The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. It's Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to people in Minnesota doing cool things. We love our food makers, and we've got uh, Mary Leonard here from Chocolat Celeste. And Mary, you have been making artisanal chocolates and just beautifully designed chocolates in the Twin Cities for, it's got to be over 10 years. Actually, it's 17 years now. Oh, okay. So <laughs> mm-hmm. a long time. A long time. I first came across your chocolates. Gosh, I don't even know. Maybe Pat Lindquist brought them to me mm-hmm. at some point. Um, you are a beautiful, beautiful chocolate maker, and you've got a facility over in St. Paul. How did you get into the chocolate making business? Well, I think it's it's a somewhat long story, but I had majored in food science and nutrition when I was in college. And I always wanted to create a product. And over time, it became something that was evolving in me, and I was thinking about it. And it wasn't always chocolate, but it ended up being chocolate. And after the dot-com, I had been day trading. Yep. And then I decided, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? I right. was 46 at the time. And I said, this, you know, now it's the time to manifest whatever I want to do in terms of creating a product. And I wanted to to be a really good, um, fresh product, as well as I wanted it to um, use my other skills as far as my ability to um, vision beautiful things. And I, and I like the fact that I like jewelry and art and fashion. Yep. And it's all in some ways combined in this product of that it being a great product, plus that it's a really great visual experience. So that was what my intention was, and to create a a website for that, and it all culminated in 2001. And so you make truffles. I make truffles, and then I also make bonbons, which have a chocolate ganache filling in them as well, but they are the ones with images on them, and they are cocoa butter images. My current line has as a set of images that are simulated cacao pods. In fact, one is the um, flower that grows off the tree, of the trunk of the tree of the cacao plant. So you, when someone gets a box of your chocolates, and I buy them every Valentine's Day for my daughter, she's crazy about them actually, um, you're going to get like uh, 6 or 12 or 18 or 24. I know you've got all different sizes but they're these very beautifully designed chocolates. And I know at, at St. Patrick's Day, sometimes you've had infusions with local. Um, did you, who was it that you worked with last year for the um, infused St. Patrick's well, Day chocolates? It was actually the year before that I worked with Kieran Foliard yeah, with that's uh, what it Two was. Gingers Whiskey. And that was in the in the uh, Christmas or in the St. Patrick's Day one, as well as there were other things that I did that year. The following year I did. Two Gingers Whiskey and Tullamore Dew mm-hmm. and one called Hellcat Maggie. And all of them, I looked them up on actually YouTube to listen to their stories about how they were created. 
And each one had a very interesting backstory associated with who created it or the story behind right. why they named it that way. And so I, I kind of played off of that with um, the, the collection I created. Is most So you sell your product online and you have your own retail location, but you don't sell to other retailers, do you? I don't sell to other retailers because it is a fresh product. And I want to assure that anytime someone buys it, that they're getting the best possible chocolate experience. Um, A lot of chocolates that are out there in grocery stores, et cetera, have um, preservative in them Mm -hmm. or high fructose corn syrup as their preservative and our our fresh whipping cream and butter and that we use really high cocoa content chocolate as well. And I think that um, it's a visual experience, but as well as that, it's a real flavor experience that not everyone in the United States is used to having. Are you mostly selling then through your website or people that are literally coming to the store in St. Paul? Uh, it's about 50-50. There are um, 50% of the people actually buy large quantities of chocolates that they're giving for gifting as far mm-hmm. as their business is concerned as thank you or Christmas or a big recognition event. And I do th- customize some of their things that way to both match their brand but also match a color scheme that they're having for an event. And then I do uh, 50% comes in through the front door, and those people are generally buying gifts for individuals. Mm -hmm. And it's um, a lot of the business is at Christmas, and a lot of it is at Valentine's Day. I'm impressed that you're here because it's a little bit after Thanksgiving, so this has to be getting to be your busy season. It is getting to the busy season, but it's the 17th year. And I'm, I'm I'm a little spooked, but it's really, really well organized this year. Good for you. And we're we're just clipping along, and um, I just think it's just all going to happen very easily this year. Is uh, it hard to find staff because uh, you are manufacturing <laughs> at your mm-hmm. own facility? Yes, it is a little bit hard, particularly now um, the, with the unemployment rate being 3.3%. Right, right. So I do get a lot of students that are from the University of Minnesota Food Science Department. And they're not necessarily going to be in food service, but they it is their first job. Mm-hmm. And then they learn from me, you know, the process of making a product. They learn about, you know, about chocolate and they learn about equipment I teach them the accounting and cash management and marketing. And so it's an all-encompassing experience. So um, I think most of them are pretty pleased afterwards. I think that over a course of the year, they're they're totally different people. Is chocolate more competitive than it used to be? It feels like there's been a lot of emphasis on local and custom chocolatiers in the last, I guess, five to seven years. I remember at Certix isn't a good example. You used to go in and they'd have, you know, a couple of chocolates, a couple of chocolate bars, and now they've got just a huge section of it. I think that there is a huge level of competition at the chocolate bar level. Okay. Not so much as, as the individual chocolates. And I think that there will be, like like in other things that are coming out, I think that there will be a washout of some people as well as whether they can survive or not. Yeah. Go ahead. You can cough. It's no big deal. Oh, okay. Um, So I can imagine that when you are um, at the chocolate bar level and it's 
it's a competitive environment. I think there's there are people that are actually being to bar, and then there are other people that are using um, already manufactured chocolate and adding things to it. So there's two different camps. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you, um, from just being a getting into the food science business yourself, it you I can't. I'm maybe just making this up, but. I would imagine that being a woman was kind of an unusual thing in the day. Is was it? No, I don't really think so. I think it in in general it's really um there are a lot of women that are chocolatiers, but I think what is different about it is that um how you're viewed as as a woman in the chocolate business versus a man in the chocolate business. Um there's a certain level higher level of respect for the men for Interesting. some reason. Yeah. Because they say Oh, they were a chef. And um, and I don't necessarily look at that as a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. Um, but that just is interesting a and, and a good observation. For, for me in, in the chocolate business, it is that a lot of what you do, I do has a lot of science behind it and knowing how things actually work and the how you know crystals are formed. And, and flavor profiles. And flavor yeah. profiles. And it wouldn't be necessarily something you would know as a line cook or someone that does meat or anything like that. And also, there still remained um, a little bit of uh, uh, thoughts that, you know, maybe you're the little woman and you're just playing with this. Because, sure. you know, it's a cute product and, you know, that, oh, do you make these at home in your base? Yeah. And for me... Being a really independent woman, the hair on my back used to go up a little bit when that would be, because uh, well, I'll be honest, I may I was a, a, a director of a marketing department at a telecommunications company. I'd worked in food for a long time, and then I had through a recipe database, I had switched to being IT, and I made over two hundred thousand dollars a year. And when it came to being the little woman, I wasn't yeah. really very much of the little woman, and. Uh, it 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 was hard. It was hard. Um, yeah, it, and you're seeing it right now with all the things that are happening in the news with women and, oh, uh, and prejudice and things and... like that. And I think it was pretty heavy when I started in the chocolate business. And yeah. I don't know if um, you know I'm older than some in the business, and I hope that those things are changing now. I we talked. Uh, it's you're the first person to actually bring that up in this context, and I'm glad. Um, Someone, you know, I'll just use my husband as an example because we've had a lot of conversations about it. And he's so, like, surprised at the level and the magnitude and how many. And I'm just not surprised at all. Oh, I'm not surprised at all. And I said what I think is surprising to me is the level with which you're shocked. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, this has been going on for centuries and years and Absolutely. Anytime someone... I left a major job because of it. Yeah. And um, the, at the time it was, well, you know, why was I making a big deal about it? Yeah, and you and were crazy or unstable that, or whatever. No, no, it wasn't that. It was that the person that was above me, the man, they they considered him to be more of an executive, even though he was the one that was doing all of these unsavory things. Right. And I felt that that wasn't an environment that I wanted to be in, and I couldn't convince the. I really didn't try to convince the person above, above that person who was a commissioner, to 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 have it be different. I just decided I was too exhausted from it, and I simply left. Yeah, 
and um, it it turned out fine. I got a much better job, and and um, a, you know went on to better things. But you know, I did walk away because of it, and I think a lot of people do, and people don't realize it. Have you, since you've had your business, have you grown steadily every year? Because you really seem. <clears throat> I think that from the Eddie. from the first. Um, I think that I'm a very stubborn individual, and I always want things to be evolving. And that if I'm not evolving, I'm I'm bored. Yeah. And so that the chocolate was originally a round truffle, and now it has evolved to being a much more artful experience. I know at the beginning they tasted fabulous and they looked fabulous, but now it's gone to be a you know a cut above. They're very. I don't think there's any other chocolate in the Twin Cities that quite has this artfulness to it that you could look at look at, at it and you go, oh, my goodness, you know, how much work goes into this and as well. And when you speak about the artfulness, I'm assuming that you're speaking of not only the exterior packaging, but the literal design on the chocolates themselves. The literal designs on the chocolates as well as... You know, it's also part of the ingredients are part of the artisanal movement. Sure. Yep. And I and I strongly believe that I should never change that about my company because that would be, you know, people ask me, will I compromise to have it go in grocery stores? Yeah. Really? No, I don't want to compromise. I don't want to have a product that I'm not proud of and that I'm not, that I can't say to somebody that you're eating the best of the best of what's out there. Have you been approached by anybody that was interested in purchasing your company? You've been doing it so long. Um, I had been approached by um, one individual, and um, there's a chain of like fudge shops in Michigan and Chicago and mm-hmm. in all the little resorts towns. It's called Kerwin's, and it's a it's a great family business. But when he he wanted to buy it, but he wanted me to still be the um, founder, the owner. And in my heart, I I wouldn't have been able to stay and that I wasn't really done with my journey in the product. Right. I I mean, you know, I'm getting closer to that, but I still don't think that I want to give up. That's amazing considering that. that you've been doing it for 17 years. Like you still wake up and think, you know, I've got a good idea for this, or wouldn't this be fun if I did it this way? That's neat. I absolutely do. Yeah. I have another line um, that I have in my head right now that I want to start working on in January. And it's it's another art experience, but it's a, it's um, it's some another thing that I'm passionate about in my life. Yeah. It actually is bicycles. Oh, very, cute. I'm yeah. very passionate about bicycles. Do you ride bicycles or you just I like did, them? I did, and I, I rode in France a few times. Sure. And I have a Bianchi road bike that is the highest level one. And actually, my the name of my company is Chocolat Celeste. Uh-huh. And their bicycle team is the Celeste Bicycle Team. Oh, neat. Very few people know that because it's also was my dog's name. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it means heavenly in French. So you're still thinking of new ways to do things or or mm-hmm. ideas to recreate things. So the the company grows every year. You don't get bored. You add more people. Social media has probably changed things uh, in some ways. Um, I think that it is in some ways more people see it. Is that um, good for you? Does that sell more? Not necessarily. I think it it really is that your name continues to appear in front of people. 
I think that the one thing that is that sells my product the best is actually good old-fashioned word of mouth. Yeah. People that have tasted it, that have liked it. For example, this year at Christmas, I have a lot of new big customers that came from the fact that they had gotten it as a gift. Uh-huh. And so... And that 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 they want to give something that it, that you know uh, their important person in their life will not only love the flavor taste of it but it will also love the look of it too. So there have been you know uh, there's very little time in my life ever that I'm not always uh, that I'm think that I'm not thinking and that I'm not visualizing and ideating something. Yeah, yeah. I think that pe- people wonder about me actually when they meet me and they wonder where my eyes are, and this has been since I was born, where is she looking? And it's always that I'm looking up or in another direction because I'm visualizing something. In fact, my mother took me to a doctor, (laughs) and everyone told her that she had to because of the problem that I had with my eyes. And I still do it to this day, and it's that I'm thinking about or visualizing the next step or what I want to create. And... uh, it's it's unusual and people wonder about it, but it's me. What percentage of the sales that happens uh, for you in a year happens at Christmas and Valentine's Day? Like, it's about sixty percent. So it's there's... it's the majority of the business is at Christmas and Valentine's Day. And then you're trying to, I mean, you could. Keep... I actually started creating what the what Christmas would look like in. I uh, started last May. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Mother's Day, I would assume. Mother's Day and... is a little bit, is is not really very big because actually Mother's Day, this is not talking about my product the way I should, it's the biggest telephone call day of the entire year. Huh. So men just usually call their mothers. Yeah. But there is a little bump in that. I think that more than anything, the big majority of what I do is at, really at Christmas. Yeah. And that um, that I have people that have that come in that have it as their annual tradition. Right. And that they're there and I only see them once a year and they actually walk out the door and say, "Say, I'll see you next year. Right. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, you could come in between if you love it. <laughs> <laughs> Please come in again. Yeah, yeah. Do you get brides that do like <laughs> custom wedding type de- designs? and? Um, I actually don't, but I'd like to. Okay. I'd like to. Um, I would think, I think that a lot of people are... are you know, I'm terribly honest. I shouldn't be this way. But no, a lot of people um, start with a wedding cake, and after they've seen the cost of the wedding cake, they go, I can't do anything else. And I think that um, a lot of the things that are given to guests that are... Like favors? The mm-hmm. favors, that I believe that someone really would like to have a good piece of chocolate yes. and really enjoy a good piece of chocolate yes. rather than a picture frame or something that would gather dust. I would really, myself, if I ever got married again, I'd want to have chocolate as the, part of the experience yes. as, a ex, as a gift for people. Think. I keep just shouting, yes, 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 I yes. yes. The... And I think, and then there's there's some that I have so many designs that are just gorgeous that could be, you know, that could match the colors in the dresses. Yeah, and, that's neat. You know, some newer, more exotic flavor profile. And a lot of things are, are flowers and plant-based, the designs that are on top of the chocolates. And people are more people are getting married outside or yeah. having flowers in their hair or whatever it is. And I think that that just would make a 
smashing look. I think at the last wedding I went to, and it was my cousin, so hopefully I'm not throwing him under the bus, but we got um, like laser wood coasters mm-hmm. that said like um, Charlie and Mary. Well, that's awesome at the wedding, but I honestly have been staring at this four pack of coasters thinking, I do not want to use these coasters for Charlie and Mary into perpetuity. Yeah, they, I really do think they end up just being funny. in the junk drawer. Yeah, or they end up being going to the the Goodwill or somewhere like that, you know, just as, you know, what they are. But I really think that chocolate's a much better choice, much um, better. And and I think it's everybody likes it. There's no one that's you know, comes in and says, oh, I hate chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're kind of in a strange location. Um, you're off of Cretan Vandalia. And you have this giant billboard that you bought Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Yes, I love my billboard. Well, tell me about that, because that seemed like a pretty big marketing statement to put a huge billboard on University Avenue with an arrow. (laughs) Well, um, one of the things that is happening in the food market and the breweries, et cetera, is that they're located in a lot of industrial zones. I think I was a forerunner in having my business in an industrial zone. And people say, well, why are you located here? And there's a very good reason why I'm located there is that if I was in a mall, I wouldn't have control of the humidity Mm -hmm. and the temperature at which everything is made. And so that I have actually a factory there that I welcome people to come in and I also often take them to the back to show them the conveyor belt in the tank. And I really can control my environment there. Mm -hmm. And then I'm luckily in an industrial zone that I have a fabulous postal carrier that stops by every day for the packages. I'm I'm near the distributor that I buy chocolate from. Right. The dry ice company is across the street. And the other part was that I wanted it to be in a a central location between Minneapolis and St. Paul, just like KSTP is. Right. But it is that you could get on off the highway, buy a box of chocolates, and get back on the highway. And then if I, you know, courier to downtown Minneapolis or downtown St. Paul for a business gift, it's it's a it's a reasonable it's a reasonable price. Yeah. So that seems like it's been a good location it's, for you. It's a very good location, and there isn't a lot of other things going on that distract from it. Um, I'm there making chocolate, and that's what I love to do. And um, I also spend a lot of my life there. <laughs> <laughs> and I live on Cretan Avenue. I shouldn't announce that, but I live of 2.5 miles from work, and I don't get on a highway to get to work. Oh, that's nice. And if I forget something or I want to, you know, work on a chocolate, and then I have stage that has to go through to melt or something, I can go home and walk the dog and come right back. Yeah. Are there other um, local chocolatiers doing like bar chocolates that you think do a good job? You know, I'm really not that familiar. The, there are two, uh, they're, they're not bar people that I'm, I'm in, in awe of or in admiration of because bars to me, they're, they're okay, but, but there, there isn't that you know, extra artfulness. It's, I love to eat it, all mm-hmm. that. But there are two others that I I consider like to me, and that's Mademoiselle Meal, who does a beautiful job, and also it's very artful and it has honey in it. Mm-hmm. And then Saint Croix chocolates. Those are those are the, the 
the, the three of us I really consider to be real chocolatiers. Mm-hmm. When you travel, do you go to chocolate places or yes, are do. you constantly on the quest? Tell me about the one of the places you went that was <clears throat> memorable to you. Well, um, the most memorable was actually I went to Perpignan, France. Mm-hmm. And I went to every chocolate business in the in the town. <laughs> and um that that everyone had a little bit uh different style to it. And um their packaging is much more simpler and but their but their their variety of flavor experiences. In France um in particular most of the chocolates are dark chocolate and it I just love that, you know, experience that 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 has the extra fruitiness to it mm-hmm. and that you can there I can combine it with some some wine in it. It's a third experience and I love that. And I have plans to visit Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And um I've watched some of the creations that occur in chocolate businesses in Barcelona where they're maybe creating an entire, you know, uh landscape uh for an event that's all in chocolate and the the chocolatiers have a lot of things are you know in the shape of spanish tiles with carving in them and beautiful they uh and then that their barcelona at this time and in the past has sometimes been a little bit more dangerous in terms of tourism and mm-hmm. things like that but the that you can go to a chocolate shop and you actually actually have to ring a doorbell to get in, mm-hmm. and that it's just you know a, a absolutely fabulous visual experience. And I have a doorbell, <laughs> <laughs> and I and people go, well, what do you mean you have a doorbell? And I say, well, you know, because we're working on the chocolate all the time, and I can't be standing there waiting for you. I want to be, you know. Ring the doorbell and I'll be right there, right. And, you know, and and come back and see what I'm doing, and you know, and it's I, like I, a like greeting, it's like, yeah, and it's like a greeting, and I also I feel like because it's so much a part of my life, it's it's in some ways my home, yeah, and you know, I want it to be that people are greeted right and that that looks perfect, and it's just it's just something in me, so. But but you know, I've also traveled. I went to New York City and went to nearly every chocolate shop as well. And um, I think the U.S. still isn't really making it in terms of what uh, a real visual experience could be. There was one that, there was one chocolatier at the, when I first started his the chocolate business and it was named Richard and it was from Paris and they had little tiny drawers in each one of the boxes that would be little tiny pieces that all had images, and in the one drawer would be fruit, and one would be liquor, and one would be spices. Pretty, and it was just you know phenomenal. And that I would like to create something more in that line as well. That was like a complete flavor experience. Yeah, like a premium yeah. line or something. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, and then I also have I also have another dog. I named this after my dog as well. I have another dog, Coco, and the other line was going to be. Cocos list, and that would be one step above. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can see that mm-hmm. there might be different grades, yeah. particularly as the foodie mm-hmm. consumers getting more sophisticated right. and mm-hmm. educated. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being my guest today. It was really fun to You're talk welcome. with you about your chocolates and 
happy holidays. And uh, this will air during the holiday season so people can Wonderful. come to Chocolate Celeste. Um, do you want to give your address out? And It is 652 Transfer Road. And that's and Transfer Road is Cleveland Avenue. So you can ring the doorbell or you can always go online to at chocolatecelest.com. Thank you. Thank you.